0: Hello, your editor, Daryl here. As you probably know, Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk has a Patreon at patreon.com slash that's M-O-R-R-U-S, where we release a bonus content episode for each episode of the podcast. Backers at any level, even just $1 per month, get access to a new bonus content episode the day after the main podcast, as well as the entire back catalog of bonus content episodes. Some of you may be curious exactly what goes into a bonus content episode. Well, here you are. This is a collection of off-topic discussions, outtakes, diversions, and more, plus the alternate take of this week's sketch that took place during the recording of this week's episode. If you want access to this content for every episode we do, consider becoming a Patreon at patreon.com slash morse. Thank you everyone for your support.
1: Are we all recording? Uh, Yeah,
2: so I've got Audacity going on my laptop, and I'm on my headphones on my phone.
1: Nice, nice,
3: nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Are you getting, like, little blue lines for Audacity?
2: Yes. When you speak? Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that's right.
3: Yeah. Excellent. Always worth checking. (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah, I know. You're right. Uh,
1: Right. We've only had
3: one time in about three years when we thought we'd lost the audio like that time I was in China and my laptop screen crashed I was like oh no oh god uh, but we haven't so it's okay
1: mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> right before we start uh, Jonathan what we do is um, because we've got three separate audio tracks um what I'll do is I'll count down from three and then we'll all clap at the same time yep. then our audio engineer will use those three spikes and match up to three tracks Sounds so great. are we ready and this, um, just to warn you, is the best bit of the podcast. It's all down here after this. So uh... I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Are <laughs> we ready? Three, two, one. There we go. Okay. It doesn't sound like they matched up, but apparently it works. I don't understand. Uh, well,
3: it's a lo- it's a local reference point for all of us. So, like, if you start recording a bit earlier,
2: like I do, then it's easy. But that Darryl, was a pro. Sound it is relative, sense. right? It's always now wherever you are.
1: Yeah exactly. yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah.
2: I mean, from fr- fr- from your point of view, we're in the future. Yeah, Very that's right. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, the recording is like light from a star. It takes a little time to get to me.
0: Yeah, so,
1: there is that. Too. Yeah. Uh, right. So, um, are you familiar with the format? I know you've read the document. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, seems good. Uh, bullshitting for an hour and then bullshitting some mm. more for an hour. That sounds good. Yeah. That, that's I mean, probably, the most succinct take... way to describe it, yeah. <laughs> it probably <laughs> won't take quite that long, but uh, yeah. Well, actually, there's quite a big news week, actually, with the whole Ravenloff oh, stuff. Oh,
3: goodness. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. It's just been it's been such a slow news week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for like, yeah. For like the past six weeks,
1: seven weeks. Yeah, yeah, but but January always is. January's always so quiet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's and like September. A
3: all right. Yeah. Anyway, oh, I'm excited now. Let's do some
1: podcasting. Yeah, I just had some peanuts a minute ago. Oh dear! And I've got some bits of peanuts stuck in my throat.
3: Do you, do you need to get a drink of water, us? If <coughs> we oh, you got a drink of water? Okay, that's good. Yeah. to die. That would be embarrassing. Like having uh, the host of the podcast expire <laughs> on air. Yeah.
1: Well, it'll probably be our most listened to episode. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh
3: man, I mean, like the recording.
1: Yeah, now we're talking. I mean, you'd have to carry on on your own, Peter, but you'd probably have one of the most popular podcasts in the world briefly. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't think that many people know
1: who you are, to be fair, <laughs> I think <laughs> anyone, I don't think it would matter who it was who had died on the podcast. It would just oh, be sorry. that podcast where someone died.
3: Oh, do <clears throat> me. We're not normally this dreadful, I insist. Yeah. Oh.
1: Uh-huh. Right, sh- sh- shall we begin? Yeah, let's do it. <coughs> Pardon me. This is... A... <coughs> it's, either, it's either the peanuts or I've suddenly caught COVID, one of the two. Yum. I'm certainly hoping it's the peanuts. <laughs> yes. <coughs>
0: <coughs> Sorry about this.
3: Unless it's the peanuts themselves that are giving you the virus.
0: Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> Ooh.
3: Russ is okay. just very shy. Is like just... <coughs> yeah. <like>, Until <just coughs> uh, I uh, start uh, the podcast. <laughs>
1: Are we ready to begin?
3: Yeah, let's do it.
1: Woo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you, you you may know our guest from uh, titles like D&D Third. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> oh, was, was that D&D Third? <coughs> Luckily, we can edit this out,
2: Yeah.
3: don't we? Yeah. The outtake episode is going to be on fire, man. Oh, he's he's overcome...
1: It's too much. Yeah, I am overcome kind of... with emotion, yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And peanuts.
1: Let me, let me let me try that again. Remind me never to have peanuts before recording. Let me try okay. that again.
3: Again, this time, but don't choke.
1: I'll try not to. Okay. You may know our guest from titles such as D&D 3rd Edition, Ars Magica. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I'm going blank now. I'm not doing very well. Age. <laughs> 13th Ever age. 13th page. Let's do that again. Let's do that third time. <laughs>
3: Uh, had you, you see, it's this sort of podcast, Jonathan, where Russ feels absolutely no shame, indeed, quite secure that he will not receive approbation, but maybe even a touch of adulation for saying, making that sort of remark.
1: Well, you know, it, <laughs> it, it, it's, the, it's the tragedy of becoming an adult and realizing that you no longer have all of this stuff that you had such nostalgia for when you were yep. a kid. And then you just end up rebuying all of it. Like, my whole uh, first edition D&D collection. Somehow between the age of like 18 and say 22, 23, when mm-hmm. I went off to university and stuff like that, somehow it disappeared. I don't know what happened to it. Either my parents mm-hmm. got rid of it or it got lost in the move or whatever. Cause there was a yep. period of time when I didn't game and mm-hmm. it was only for like two or three years where I sort of took a break from mm-hmm. gaming. And yeah. in the last sort of five years, I've had to rebuy all of that from eBay, the whole lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. The Nice
2: said other people were keeping that stuff around for you so that when you wanted it again, they could sell it yeah, to exactly, you. Yeah, right? exactly,
1: yeah. 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 The weird thing is, I'm probably never going to play it again, first edition mm. D&D. I don't imagine. But well, just having yeah. it there on the shelf is kind of important to me. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's sort of got a totemic significance. Yeah. that's sort yeah. of your introduction to the hobby. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I can't hey, find my first
2: known. edition, my player's handbook from first edition. I I don't know what happened to it. And I'd like to have it. I would never play it, but... Yeah. I'd love yeah. to
1: have it on I the mean, shelf. Yeah. I mean, it's not that expensive. It's only like um, $20 or something on eBay. They're not hard to pick mm. up. Yeah. And I want mine. You want your specific one? Yeah. yeah. I still yeah. have <laughs>
2: my, my first 20-sided die.
1: Oh, really? Really? I I, I went through a period of... When I when I started gaming I used to collect uh, dice quite quite a bit and I had quite a collection but I also oh, really? used to let people I also <laughs> used to make the have the problem of, I'd, uh, I'd I'd lend people my dice during a game and I realized that my dice collection wasn't growing it was diminishing <laughs> and eventually it got to the point where I had almost no dice left So for about five or six years, I just turned up with an old dice to every game and just borrowed dice when I was running the game. So I kind of like, well, I'm providing the adventure. You can provide the dice. That's right. And it took me years before I started buying dice again. Now
2: I have very few dice. Just a small selection, uh, carefully curated, and... Mm. um, like 20 sided dice are so pretty that Rob Hainso borrows them at the table without realizing
1: it. <laughs> are you superstitious about your dice, though?
2: Uh, I am not superstitious about my dice. I do, like, if I'm going to roll a 20 sided die, I want it to be pretty. But other than that, right. I'm not superstitious. Right. Yeah. What, what about you, I, Peter? Anything? Oh, like,
3: um, I like my dice to be clear gem plastics. So i have got. No visible irregularities because I found that my, my rolling noticeably improved once I got rid of some of the, like, the multicolored plastic ones. <laughs> I mean, it's still not great. And if you want to borrow my dice, you can. That's on you. Uh, I'm just saying, like, the, two, the, 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 the curse of Tutankhamun has nothing. There's nothing on my dice.
0: For me. Just,
1: but that but yeah, if you are a borrowed, feel free. If you're not a superstitious person, go ahead and borrow my dice. For me, dice are great as long as they're not too ornate. You know those really ornate ones with patterns on and you can't quite make the number out. Because oh, there's God. so much patterning going on around it and you end up picking it up and is that a six or a three? Or?
3: I, 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 I'm I'm much the same thing, but that's because I'm coming from from a GM perspective where I can't quite like be able to see what numbers the players rolled. Not because I don't trust my players, because I do, but more because like not everyone's like really up on like speed mental arithmetic. And if they roll like, if they say, oh, I rolled a 15, that misses. I'm like, well, you rolled an eight and plus eight is traditionally 16. Then I can help them out. Whereas if they just roll like a tiny, tiny, where it's like covered around with ridiculous things, I can't help them out that way.
1: We are drifting a bit off topic. (laughs) I do have to talk
2: about uh, (laughs) Uh superstitions with dice, though, because for Over the Edge, which I redid in 2019, Mm, all your rolls are on two dice, and Mm -hmm. each player is instructed to find two six-sided dice and keep those as the only dice they roll for that game and to use them only for that game for the duration of the campaign so that every Mm. time they roll a success or a, you know a bad twist or whatever is with those same dice and uh, mm-hmm. we would then have like a little jar to keep all the players dice in and um, it's it's fun like I normally I'm not superstitious about it but this is a game about psychic powers and weird conspiracies right, right. and yeah. and uh,
0: and I, I said that the, I about the,
2: that the dice should have mm-hmm. pips on them so that you can confront the mm-hmm. raw essence of number. Rather mm. than numerals,
1: that's my. <laughs> uh, so, so basically, you're basically using dice not just as a resolution mechanic, but they're kind of like a prop in the game almost. Then almost, right? A, a meta right? prop, and, a, and meta and prop.
2: The, exactly. And and if you're rolling six sided dice with pips, that connects mm. you to all the dice that have been thrown, right in in history and outside of the game, and mm-hmm. it's it's sort of grounds you in a way that the polyhedral dice are kind of abstract and. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sort of distinguish you from sort of a regular game or from craps or whatever.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Dice are so... You know, we're at the moment, we're playing on Roll20 and online a lot, obviously, Hmm. because of the pandemic. And rolling a dice tends to just be clicking a button. And I really Hmm. find that does not have the same drama to it as actually physically rolling a dice.
3: Well, us, if you use D&D Beyond... You can have it roll dice and see it appear on your... Oh, Roll 20 does that
1: too.
0: Yeah, there's
3: a 3D
1: dice setting, but uh, it it gets slightly annoying after a while.
3: I turned it off. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we've
1: drifted way off topic. We were talking about Wizards of the Coast and uh, Hasbro and that Oh item. Now, I'm still trying to work out how to get the uh, miniatures in my Alien board game, which I got just before Christmas. Painted because I am I am that guy who will never ever ever paint a miniature. Okay, I, yeah. I think maybe I tried yeah. once or twice in my teens. Yep. Realised I was a no good at it. B didn't enjoy it. Yeah, the two mm-hmm. were probably linked. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> there was a feedback loop going on there. But yeah, yeah. so yeah. I I don't I don't paint them at all. Which is,
3: I, I mean, I'm not very good at painting them. But I have I do keep on offering to paint Russ's minis. There's a, so, there's yeah, a lot I of them.
1: The set comes yeah. with an awful lot of miniatures. Like how many are we talking? Well, 20, 40? Uh, yeah, probably about 40 or so. Yeah, no, That's not too bad. Um, all the Marines. Right, like I say. Then uh, loads yes. of aliens. Then there's some of those yep. sentry guns and there's a whole lot of scenery as well on the like mm. crates and boxes. And uh...
3: oh, you want the scenery painted as well? God. <laughs> on, <you're> off,
2: <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> I mean, as a kid, I was painting models before I started playing D&D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I think I might have painted my first D&D miniatures before um before I played D&D I think they mm, were they were yeah. Lord of the Rings uh Barrow-whites that I got for Christmas right, the same right. time I got uh, I got Dungeons and Dragons so, 1977 yeah, it's an
1: absolutely valid part of the hobby. it's something to, I like, wish just, I enjoyed like, because I think it could be quite you know relaxing just to sit there for an afternoon painting miniatures yeah. but but for me it's it, not relaxing it's just frustrating and
0: annoying so
3: yeah. That's well. why I like the Citadel Contrast paints, because honestly, I'm, I'm with you. I, I bought some miniatures in 2013. They sat in a box until 2018, mm. 2019, where I discovered Citadel Contrast, and suddenly it was like, oh oh, this is really easy, and they look really nice. Yeah. And I'm still the same level of paint I was. So, like, uh, uh, I thoroughly recommend it. But for me, yeah. I'm
1: just waiting for colour home 3D printing to get
0: really, really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: yeah, I, I've seen some of the models, um like, sort of – I haven't seen any in the flesh, as it were, because we haven't been able to. But Hero Forge, uh, their okay. printed models are looking
1: – yeah. yeah but, well, but be. you do pay about $40 for each miniature, don't you? It's not... Uh,
3: yeah, it's not an
2: economical option
1: <laughs> yet. For
3: a dungeon,
1: right? For, a, for yeah. a character, that's one thing, right? Yeah. But yeah. for
2: yeah. a dungeon or whatever, an army, mm. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So For a player, that's that's yeah. kind of... Well, it's the same as a hardcore rulebook, I suppose. But for for the GM, where they need dozens or oh. hundreds of miniatures to, yeah. to run through an entire that's campaign, right. that's not, that's not going to happen. Oh,
3: oh. Well, I, I've got like um several sets of zombie side
1: mm. uh
3: because I quite like playing zombie side, and at some point, I am going to run the mother of all Zombicide, zombie uh, side <laughs> zombie RPG yeah. adventures. Well, there right. you go.
1: You, get, you can get you can get the new strike yeah. book, and you can do the yeah. the zombie realm yeah. of dread. <laughs>
3: that sounds quite fun to me. Yeah. I, might, I might swap in a couple of ghouls and ghasts. Uh, but so, but just described in the zombies. Mm. Just keep the players on the toes, because that would be fun. And, and let's
1: get so back they, to the news, shall we? Well, i yeah,
3: got to say,
2: did. i got to give my painting mm. things. The last painting I did was I would just take a metal miniature and drop it in a, a little uh, photo roll um, plastic uh, container of
0: mm.
2: watered-down black paint, mm-hmm. and then pull it out, and the watered-down black paint would go into all the crevices, yeah, yeah. and mm. it would just look like... Oh wow! You can see all the detail, and I didn't mm. have to actually use a brush, and that was like my that was my transition from actually painting miniatures mm. to kind of painting miniatures to haven't painted a miniature in fifteen years. Jo-
3: Jonathan, I am precisely on your wavelength. Honestly, sizzle contrast is very much where you want to be because that works almost exactly like that, yeah. but you have slightly more different colours that you can choose from. It's really good. Sorry, yeah. I'll stop giving Games Workshop free ads <laughs> because I like, totally don't deserve it, but uh, I, I really love these paints. They've, yeah. they've totally changed my ability to actually go from never painting and not wanting to, to I actually enjoy this. Anyway,
1: right, anyway back, to the news. <laughs> back to the news. Back to the news. <laughs> back to the news. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've I've heard the uh, you know I've I've spoken to uh, Monty Kirk and Ryan Dancy and people like that about the OGL and yeah. uh, I've, I've heard yeah. that there was quite a, a split at Wizards of the Coast at the time as to whether yeah. or not they should do that. So I'm really glad yeah. that the pro camp, that's right, the pro OGL camp yeah. went out on that because uh,
2: yeah, it's kind of new, new school, old school split, mm. right? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But yeah. So
1: you, to say, you should i should still
2: definitely be. Able-
1: I've done very well off the OGL over the last twenty years. I'm very, very <laughs> I mean, grateful. For it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Right. Yeah, I think we finished the news, and I suppose if you two can think of anything I've missed.
2: Well, I want to. I want to dive back into the mm. Wizards logo and just s- say mm, something quick yeah. from an inside perspective.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Ever, ever since I was there, there, there's there've been two ways to refer to the company. It's either Wizards or Watsy. Yeah. Yeah, And you can imagine that Wizards likes it to be yeah. Wizards uh, yeah. and so the new logo makes the word Wizards really strong, Wizards, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and um, takes up almost the whole space with the, the, that name and that's what they want everyone to, to call the company.
1: What's, what's well, interesting like, is that all the press releases these days, they don't actually say Wizards of the Coast at all, they say no. Dungeons and Dragons has released. So the the brand Dungeons & Dragons is kind of taking preeminence over the name of the company.
2: Yeah. Well, it has way more, you know, way more name recognition than
3: the company. Yeah. 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 Like um, Games Workshop rebranded all their stores to Warhammer because, like, apparently people were just looking – Looking for Warhammer and they couldn't find it. It's like coming to GameWorks and say, wow. "Do you guys have any Warhammer stuff? Because that would be really important. Yeah. Like, I can't find these guys anywhere." I'm like,
2: oh, Yeah, place. well, back in the day, Wizards—you know—Wizards had a line of retail stores, and they should have called them Pokémon stores.
3: Yeah, yeah, that would have helped a lot, mm. I'm
1: sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering what the sort of division between Wizards' different lines is these days. Between you know, Magic mm, the Gathering yeah. and uh, D and D, yeah. I mean, Magic the Gathering is obviously always going to be the biggest thing that they do, yeah. I guess. But I wonder, yeah. I wonder how much ground D and D has made on that. Yeah, least, uh,
2: it's uh, b- interesting to see. Yeah, I would so like to popular. know.
1: It's so uh,
2: yeah, that's right.
1: Huh? And it's also good to know that we're cool now because we play (laughs) D&D. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so
2: that makes me wonder what's going to happen in five or ten years, right? So uh, D&D was a fad in the early 80s and then Mm. sort of became something that you made fun of. And now I'm wondering, uh, is this popularity going to, you know, in in ten years? Are the young people going to say that's an old people's game? I kind of don't think so. I think we're in a new... We're in new territory where geekiness is Mm. valued and uh, profitable and mainstream in a way it sure was not in the eighties.
3: Oh yeah, well, since two thousand, when you had like Matrix, Hearts of the Caribbean, uh, even like as soon as nineteen ninety eight, when Blade showed that superhero movies could be both fairly good and turn a profit. Yeah, it's it's been pretty, 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 uh, pretty, pretty good going all the way. Mm. I mean. People are actually buying and reading Ernest Klein's Ready Player One and Ready Player Two after having read Ready Player One. I mean, if that's not a sign that people really love Lisa, I don't know what it is. I, I, what are you
1: trying to say there, Peter? I, I
3: think it's very clear what I'm saying.
1: You do realise that well, Ernest Klein is our number one listener.
3: <laughs> if, if, if it turns out that, like, yeah, you know, we, we, we use all the funding, then uh, we'll, we'll have. Identified our mystery
0: patron. (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh,
1: Yeah, I was just thinking, um, as as Jonathan was just saying, sort of in five or ten years' time, um, what will happen to tabletop role-playing games in that period? I'm kind of thinking that VR is sort of five years away from being mainstream. But then again, I thought that five years ago, so... Yeah, that's right. That and, and fusion
2: energy... They're, they're uh, yeah, uh, 40 years always away. away, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. F- F-
3: F- Future energy is fifty years away, as it has been for the past forty years,
2: <laughs>
3: as you well know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, do, do you mean VR or do you mean AR? VR, two RBs.
1: Immersing yourself in a VR world and role playing uh, that way. Mm, so instead okay, of, okay. so you can literally walk through the dungeon with your friends.
3: Yes. Um, well, I mean that t- certainly does not account for a lot of like the. General levels of fitness. Because well, there is that,
1: I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> many, many, many people,
3: myself included, are like, oh, ooh, we have to bend down to get under this.
1: <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> yeah,
3: there, there'll, there'll, be, there'll, there'll be no bending at the knees here, my friends. Yeah. Right, Crikey. You
1: now have to climb a mountain in real time. Let's
3: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a quick break for a pine tanner, you know, packet of crisp. We'll get back
1: to it. Hey, you. as long as the pints po- so I- are real, too, I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> Okay, I'm a I'm a
2: skeptic. I'm a VR skeptic. Really? I, I think that the beauty beauty of Dungeons and Dragons mm. or role-playing mm. games in general is that it takes place in your head. Mm. Right? Yes. And um and when Dave Arneson introduced his uh game new game style to Gary Gygax, it was this weird um, place where the adventurers go to the comeback inn, which is this inn where if you try to step outside, it teleports you right back in again mm-hmm. and you can 't leave and that 's all just theater of the mind stuff right and so like i um, i 've created a little adventure for kids that 's all in your head about exploring a um, a you know ruined castle and there 's a, a an ice monster and a fire monster, and they both want to kill you and if you can get them to fight each other, then they destroy each other and you 're safe or whatever right. but but like if I had to create a VR environment in order to have kids experience that, it would never happen. And the mm-hmm. whole I the whole the beauty of uh Dungeons and Dragons or role-playing games in general is I I I think it's the ability to make up whatever you want, right? So you can say, mm-hmm. um, well, okay, you drank that potion and now you have a giant uh gazelle horn sticking out of growing out of one side of your head. And you don't have to come up with the imagery for that yeah. and right you, you and you don't and, have
1: to program that in advance mm. yeah
2: and that was one of the things yeah. that sunk the the dnd um digital tabletop that wizards mm. was working on back in 2000 and whatever mm. where mm. um you were going to be able to create your character uh and put them on this tabletop as like a virtual miniature but every time D would make a supplement you would then have to recreate the entire equipment list for each new race they called them at the Uh, time so like if you added a goliath now you had to create all the gear had to be visually created as 3d objects that you could put on this character
3: Mm. and wow um, that is a huge asset list to be working
2: with right and then and and then every new piece of equipment that you create like you know here's the two-bladed sword or whatever it is you then have to create this Elven version and the Dwarven version or whatever. And it's like, Uh, you can't, in, in, in theater of the mind, you can make up all that stuff and it's fine. Right. Like, you know, characters with like an aura or any kind of thing that you want. But you know, if it's going to be, if you really want to show people what the, what the thing is, that's a huge amount of work. And that's the whole, what I love about role-playing games is that the, get people to be creative right like you see a role-playing game adventure and you think i can do that i can invent a setting i can invent a character i can invent yeah. a monster um but if you you know if you see a movie you don't think i can do the special effects in cgi for that monster because you can't yeah. you're an amateur yeah. and so i'm um i don't know i'm a, a I'll go on record saying I'm a skeptic about uh, VR being oh. a, a big deal.
3: I, 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 got, I got to say, like, 100% your concerns are, like, bang on. Like, the, these are all very true. Um, but I am a fairly big fan of, like, the uh, Larry Niven, uh, Joey Pornell, David Barnes, the Barsoom Project, uh, which essentially has people laughing in VR. Um, I, I, I actually really... Really like that and started doing live action role playing in part off the back of it because I thought it was really really fun. Mm. So I can see that there's definitely going to be a mix of it. I mean, if you if 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 Russ said D and D is going to be replaced and move entirely to VR, then I think we'd just have to like laugh and throw whatever was convenient at him. But has a supplement has an alternative way of exploring sure. role playing game space. I think there is a lot of space to be done with VR. And a lot of the things that you were mentioning um places like Hero Forge, already have this immense library of assets and how they all fit together, so you know I mean like i I absolutely acknowledge everything you say, so maybe it's not going to be the same sort of independent working project, although again, a lot of computer games have shown that there are a lot of people out there who, if they love something enough, they will create what they want to see. And we'll get the backing to do it. Like Skyrim mods is just there's there's whole there's whole worlds of people out there with all sorts of creativity. And I think like I think Russ, you did quite a bit with Neverwinter Nights and GMing online.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a while back, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it. I think it's like
3: I don't think five years, maybe, but I think the possibility is there, and that excites me. Mm. And also, also augmented reality excites me as well. I got so because like just. Just sometimes it would be nice to be able to, uh, just like look at it. I think there was, um, what's it, uh, Seven Wonders, and they've got all these, like, it's a Euro game, and it's got all these, like, weird symbols on. Unless you're fluent in it, it's like, that means yeah. Yeah. something.
1: Or committed I'm all for. A pair of glasses. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. 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 Love yeah, love or,
3: or, or a smartphone, and you you put it over, like, the spell cards, and it tells you about it, how big it should be. I
1: know. I want, I want them in the glasses. I don't want to be holding up phones. That's too clumsy. I want it in the glasses.
3: <laughs> if, if you want to, Okay, I mean, you can try and make Google Glasses happen again, if you like. i tell you what, though.
1: I find it so useful. <laughs> I don't know. If they had face recognition, and they linked into Facebook, which I'm sure will happen... <laughs> You know, you know. Occasionally, you'll meet someone, and you're like, "I think I know that person, but I'm not sure." If it just like gave you their name and a little bit of information to remind you who they were, that would be so useful. Okay, Russ. do you not think? <laughs> right, shall we? Uh, shall we move on? Shall we play our favourite game in all the world?
3: I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't have time to talk about this conversation. It's it's it, it's awesome. It's really interesting, but it, it's too far off topic.
1: Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so, yes, let's play our favorite game in the world. Lifted, dash, vote 01. You're saying vote like a
2: democracy? A uh, vault,
1: as in uh, vault, safe. vault like electricity. Hmm? Uh, like a, a, a vault of treasure, a vault of money. A vault, vault. yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. S- sorry, we don't we don't speak English that well here, and it's a little hard to...
1: I, I barely speak it either, so I wouldn't... <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Uh, sure. yeah. Lifted Vault 01. Um,
2: uh, I think we're all winners, and I think the listeners in particular are winners because they get to listen to this fun game.
1: Or oh, well, they have to listen to this fun game. Play long at home.
2: Yeah, that's right. They have to, Unless they've skipped
1: through yeah, it. Yeah, they have to listen to this fun game to get
2: to the good stuff. Yeah. yeah, the games on Kickstarter all get a bunch of free publicity, so now people yeah. know that Good Society is out there, etc. So. yeah.
0: I, yeah.
2: Yes, it's a win-win-win-win.
1: No, situation. nobody loses.
2: <laughs>
3: That's oh, why I play role-playing games. Of, <laughs> speaking of Kickstarter, which are doing incredibly well, oh yeah, uh, as I'm sure that one would if you were to design and trade it, Jonathan. Um, the One Ring has hit nine hundred sixty-four thousand six hundred sixty British pounds, which is one point three six million wow. dollars. Wow! How long does it That's have nice. last? That's got six days wow. left. So it's coming into... Oh, wow. The, yeah, it's I know, it's, right. do it's one, coming into it's that... It's going
1: to do 1.5 million, <laughs> isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
3: yeah. There's The Seeker's Guide to Twisted Taverns, which was also doing incredibly well. Yeah. at £775,000. Yeah. So that's about
1: a uh, million dollars then, ish.
3: Yeah. It, it, is, it is over... It's almost $1.1 $1. $1 million, like <laughs> so, very, very close. So I don't know close. if people remember that's seven the, days to go.
2: I don't know if people remember City Book um, from Flying Buffalo, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a supplement. Uh, um, it was sort of a, a, a generic supplement of um, interesting places you could find in a city like taverns and yeah. inns and mm-hmm. uh, temples and a tattoo artist and, Mm-hmm. um and then for each one there were a number of like story hooks for how how you could put this in your campaign and um mm-hmm. boy that changed uh game design in in a way that i think a lot of people don't recognize because it changed the way that mm-hmm. i design stuff mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. i you can you can see it in something like this you know the collection of taverns right Is sort of this um you you know it's not uh it's not like the it, what, what the city state of the invincible overlord? You know, with like a city map and everything sort of detailed. It's it's like elements that you can put into your campaign mm. um, and, and use in a variety of ways. And that's you know
0: So it's like plugging uh, stuff. It's,
2: it's yeah. Co- yeah, exactly. It's great to see that go mainstream. I think that's a uh, that's a marvelous approach yeah. because I I like role playing games because they let you be creative. And if you've got mm. a city that's all mapped out. Then, you're, then the game master is really just sort of the interface between the, the map and the players. But if you've got something like a big book of crazy taverns that you can put into your game in a variety of mm-hmm. ways, then, then you, have to be, uh, you have to collaborate in the design work to make that work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great.
1: It's also interesting that there's two current million-dollar-plus Kickstarters. There's only ever been three. Oh uh tabletop mm. RPG. So two from Matt Colville and one was John Wick's seventh C. Yep. As far as I know, they're wow. the only only three that there have ever been. And now there are two at the same time right now. Yeah, this yeah. is
3: specifically for RPG games. Tabletop RPGs, um, games yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 like video games
1: yeah, and technology right. and stuff. Yeah. It's obviously loads of those. But um, yeah, yeah, for yeah. tabletop RPGs. Uh, um,
3: I think Critical Role did very well for... Yeah, that was for... But that was that was for the yeah, animation. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, they did yeah. 10 million or so. It was, it was more than that, wasn't it? But yeah, that was for a cartoon, not a, <laughs> wow. not a tabletop RPG. Yeah. Well, you
2: know, so a, a lot that's of a lot of game fans out there are people in the tech industry in one way or another Mm. who have been able to continue working even through a pandemic and haven't been taking vacations or going out to eat. Mm. And so the the pandemic has really created a bigger split between the people who have more money in their bank accounts because they haven't been spending it and people have less because they haven't been working. Mm. And so gaming appeals to kind of the, the first group. And so, yeah, that it's, Dungeons and Dragons mm. has been selling super great. Magic been selling super great. And um yeah, here along come these games doing super great. That's mm. um yeah.
1: Yeah. I think the industry is definitely you know, the rest of the world might not be, but the industry is definitely the in a you know, you know yeah. a healthy yeah. place right now, isn't it? Yeah. Right. I think we should talk about Everway.
3: Oh, yes. That'll be great. I think we should. Ooh, <laughs> Could, could we have like like a little two two minute break?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I might go and grab a coffee as well, and then we'll come back, and then we'll talk about everything. Anyway. Is that is that all right? That sounds great. Okay, donkey, Coffee time. It is. Okay. I have returned. The Sharon made this big tray oh. of flapjacks, and they're sitting in the kitchen. And every time I go into the kitchen, it's so dangerous. They're really nice. Oh. Oh, lovely. That
3: does sound good. Mm. Oh, flapjacks. Crikey. So did you approve of the sketch? Yeah. It was very funny. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right, are we getting back or? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah.
1: All right. Okay. Give me yeah, a second yeah. here. Oh, one second. Hudson, oh, yeah, Hudson yeah. There wants is.
2: to go out. i will be a moment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. Yeah. All right, Hudson. Nope. Oh, yeah. Thanks. That was a uh handy break for me.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, I've started putting more breaks into stuff as I get as I'm getting on. It's like get a cup of tea. I used to be able to like sit down. It's like yeah, I'm sitting oh. down. We're having a good time. I will come back eight hours later. <laughs> phone, phone escape. <laughs>
1: Sorry, Husson's out there looking for his arch nemesis. The squirrel. the squirrel, yes. ha <laughs> <laughs> ha <laughs> There's a squirrel who sits on the back fence and just looks down at my dog and drives him utterly oh, no, he's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and he's... he's doing. It. I, I don't understand why they're not hibernating. Like, all the way through Christmas, all the way through winter, that squirrel's been there. I thought I thought they caught, cl- they got nuts it's and then not- they hibernated in the winter. I thought that was the thing of squirrels. I thought that was their thing. No. Well, well...
3: They don't hibernate. It is in places that get cold. It, it's it's too damn warm here. Like, you know, it's like, I think, I think the coldest we've had it, right, has been zero degrees centigrade, which is like, what, 32 Fahrenheit or something like that? So, you know, it's just not been that cold here. Yeah. Like, they're I- like,
2: yeah. All right, go to sleep. There's lots of food. Yay. <laughs> it's it's freezing here and the squirrels don't hibernate. <laughs> I mean, when it's super cold, really? they hole up in their holes or whatever. But, um, mm.
1: yeah. Well, uh, here, bears don't hibernate. Here, just sleep what a lot. All they do is they gang up on dogs oh. and uh, sit on fences and taunt them. <laughs> oh. Oh. I have got to say that's
3: some great, day, I,
1: A great day entertainment. I, for I can see it right now. <laughs> <It's>
2: in... <laughs>
1: <laughs> if Hudson could jump just a little bit higher, that would go really, really wrong.
3: <laughs> yeah, but it's like, this Was like, yeah,
1: he's He knows he's safe. Uh, you
3: should. You... Yeah, you should, you should take a picture so the listeners can appreciate the joy of Hudson trying to eat a squirrel yeah. and fail.
1: Right, anyway. Anyway. Not anyway, right. everway. But maybe later. Everway. Anyway, yes. everywhere. Yes. Uh, ever- oh, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The
3: giant snake rears back, staring at you angrily. Angrily? Yes, you have clearly angered it.
1: Well, how can I tell? What do you mean? I mean, how can I tell it's angry?
3: Well it yeah, looks angry.
1: Yeah, but how do I know?
3: <laughs> you, you've lost me. What are you trying to say?
1: Well, it's a snake. What does an angry snake look like?
3: Hmm, it's got a baleful expression on its face? On its snake face. Yes, on its snake face.
1: And what does a snake look like when it's angry?
3: It just looks angry, okay.
1: No, look, I know. I know when you look angry... Like now? Yeah, but snakes? What does an angry snake look like? Um,
3: I don't know. Its ears are down on the back of its head.
1: Its ears?
3: Yeah, its big floppy ears down. That's how you know it's angry.
1: I think you're mocking me.
3: That's not all. Not all? Yeah, it has one eyebrow raised in an arch fashion. Eyebrow? Yes, its eyebrow looks very unimpressed.
1: Look, this is a snake. Snakes don't have ears or eyebrows. Well, this one does. Well, this is stupid. I can't take this game seriously. Well, you asked. Well, you could have said something else. Like what? Like like it was hissing at me malevolently. What do you mean? You know, like an evil hiss.
3: Uh And what's the difference between a malevolent hiss and a regular hiss?
1: I don't know. I guess it's more hissy, I suppose.
3: More hissy? That's the best you could do.
1: Well, it's better than floppy ears.
3: Fine, fine. The snake hisses at you malevolently. Right.
1: Well, I'm glad we got that settled. Yes, yeah, good. Now then. So, about this snake. Yeah. What sort of angry is it? What do you mean, what sort of angry? Well, angry. It's a bit of a broad brush, don't you think? Is it furious or just merely peeved? Peeved? Yeah. I mean, would you say it's annoyed or vexed or irate? Are you kidding me? Or is it more irritated or aggrieved? Dude, it's just a snake. Maybe it's not so much angry, just a bit cross. It's a freaking snake! Ah, perfect. Thanks. Exasperated it is. Oh, by the way, your ears are down. <laughs> oh, <dear me>. there they. <laughs> just a repeat of last night's conversation
3: (laughs) it it is it's it's quite funny though so yeah
1: (laughs) sketch is done (laughs) that's very silly do me
3: do me yeah
1: so i appeared on a podcast last weekend and it's called oh i'm gonna mention that in a second just plug them it's called bald and board and it's two sort of bald uh english guys talking about board games and uh, <laughs> I always asked them, do I have to actually shave my head to appear on the podcast? <laughs> I was all ready to do it and everything. <laughs> but no, it was just an audio format, so I was safe. Yeah. And how did that go? I could do, yeah. Uh, oh, get, yeah. Get myself a cap. cap. Yeah. Yeah. Fish
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so did they ask you about Root in the end?
1: No, they didn't, actually. No. Oh. No. But... It was quite a good episode. It was quite good fun. Did you okay,
3: listen to yeah. it? Did you see it? Um, I haven't. I haven't seen this at all. I saw the RPG Geek, RPG Geek Now, Geek Now. There was. I saw the written interview that you did. Um, you, you posted the oh Twitter, Geek Native. Oh, that was yeah, it was a couple yeah. of weeks ago, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't played it. That's, my problem was I was appearing on a board game podcast, and I'm very much primarily a role playing gamer. So I have a couple of board games, but really as soon yeah. as they start asking me questions about one of the questions was what's your favourite board game? And I was sitting there going um, Ah <laughs> <laughs> think of oh, the name of a yeah, name yeah. board game quickly. Uh, set as a can.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah. No it's it's just how much do you want to be
1: lynched? <laughs> yeah. Fortunately they were very kind and kind of stuck to RPGs for most of the the episode. Oh, that does sound good yeah yeah haven't played board games in ages well oh, it's a bit hard by zoom isn't yeah. it
2: yeah, yeah,
1: i do really good. want to play that alien board game but, uh... mm, mm, that's it
2: so alien apparently is oh, the okay. property that anyone can get a license to as a lot, but none of them are exclusive
1: is that is that right i think star trek's similar as well oh, okay. i think i'm not sure
2: there's a there's a um, the IP for Starfleet is separate from Star Trek. Those
0: yeah, Starfleet battles yeah. back
2: in the day had, you know, Klingons and Romulans and um, Enterprise-class ships, but they didn't have Kirk or Spock. Mm. And so that that was a separate license for the, the setting. And so that license mm. still is available in a way that the, the main one
1: yeah, wasn't wasn't there some kind of thing with the license that it didn't expire or something?
2: Maybe that's right.
1: I, I can't remember yeah. I, something something weird. Yeah, now.
2: because back in back in the day, who knew that Star Trek was going to be a big property, and who knew that games were going to be a big medium?
1: Yeah, yeah, mm. they, they kind of diverged quite a bit after that, anyway, didn't they? They mm. kind of split off and started developing their own their own universe a little. Mm. Who, who who was developing their own universe? Yeah. The uh, people who did Starfleet battles. Oh, a, a lot, a lot of, a lot of. Well, not yeah. the own universe. Yeah. I mean, sort of some, some, some of the yeah, details right. of it. They did all sorts of like it.
2: the weird ships and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: yeah, yeah. And some uh, there's a major. Wasn't there a major alien race that they created oh. that actually ended up back in Star Trek?
3: Oh, like, I'm trying to think what that might yes. be. They're like that was so freaking cool. We need to have that. Sounds good. Well, did they
2: add that Kazin? Because that, they got... Edited. That might have been it. That might have oh, been it. Yeah. Uh,
3: well, that, that, that's Larry Niven.
2: Yeah. Apparently, L- mm. apparently Larry Niven wrote uh, for the animated series, the Star Trek animated series.
0: Right,
3: yes. right. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw like an episode. And I was like... This looks really familiar. Those guys look just like the Kazin, and then I'm like, I've read this short story, but it wasn't Star Trek. was like you know, I was just like, I was like, I, I, I was going through this emotional rollercoaster. coaster. So didn't he just
1: reuse his existing short story as a Star
0: Trek episode? Yeah, it, oh, right. it was,
3: it was, it was the same plot, except very, very slightly changed. <laughs> it was one of the slaver things where like they had like this. Whole extinct now extinct race of aliens that used to enslave people before people rose up and said we're going to kill you all, which is quite a reasonable response, really. And there's like, it's, but instead of like the protagonist from the story, it's like Kirk mm. is facing off against this giant cat alien monster Kazin, and it's like, well, this is awkward. <laughs>
1: uh, I never, I never saw the animated series. I think it's on it, demand it somewhere, like, yeah.
3: It was complete random chance because I wasn't following it deliberately. I was just like, I switched on TV. I was like, oh, Star Trek animated. Mm. Oh, is that, is that That I like popped in halfway through the story. It was yeah. like-
1: <laughs> now, my Star Trek gaming back then was all that FASA stuff, mm. which I loved. Absolutely adore yeah. that stuff. I've still got like three copies of the box set upstairs for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs>
3: I don't know. Give, give, give you a big pile of D six and you're happy.
0: Yeah, well, that yeah. was
1: that was a percentile system, I think.
0: Was it? Yeah, I thought it was West End
1: Games style thing. No, yeah, no, a... no, no, That was a percentile oh, okay. system. Fair enough. Uh,
3: before my time, before my time. <laughs> you're not that much younger than me,
1: Peter. I know, but I
3: do, I've just taken a different route into role playing. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. I've got. well I forgot. I've got Wednesday night, I'm doing Savage Worlds mm-hmm. with some dwarves escaping from a dwarven hold. That's quite good fun. It's like sort of, um, you know, Earthdawn, which is basically Shadowrun, but earlier. So it's like sort of that same sort of post-the-magical apocalypse, and they're sort of emerging from a bunker. And I've got my Friday morning D&D game, which is composed of people who work in the evenings or, or just like otherwise forced to be at home due to pandemic stuff. And uh what's it shielding? So, yeah. That's going quite well. They're about halfway to level twelve.
1: So level six then.
3: Uh level eleven with Oh I see.
1: Oh right. Level eleven isn't uh, halfway to level twelve. Uh, level eleven is eleven twelfths of the way to level twelve.
3: If you're level eleven and you have ninety seven thousand experience points, then you're halfway to level
1: twelve. No, no, you're you're nearly nearly twelve twelfths of the way to a level twelve. Eleven, twelve,
3: something some might <laughs> say. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's about half the XP.
1: You know, the, 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 uh, the early days of D&D 3rd Edition, uh, mm. really, really big. I mean, they only seem like yesterday to me. They, you know, they loom really big in my head. And I'd, yeah. I'd love to, like, mm. just talk to you for about an hour just about that period of time developing. Um, yeah, I love edition. talking
2: about my games and, and, <laughs> and, yeah,
1: and reminiscing
2: and, yeah. Yeah, it's a huge topic. There's a ton of stuff. Yeah, yeah. To talk yeah. about.
1: Oh, fantastic! Well, if if we could get you back on to do that at some point, that would be that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, 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 I'm I hesitant to jump I'm into it now because it's just
2: it's just too big. Yeah, <laughs> yeah That's right. You, yeah. Do you, have, do you have like one question or one burning?
1: I think. I think. Ad- I want- I think one thing I, I would love to delve into is a, a little bit about, um, we did touch on it earlier about the OGL and yeah. uh, the, the kind of, um, I should say infighting, but there's disagreements about, yeah. about whether or yeah. not to do that and how, and how, because yeah, like, yeah. I've, I've heard bits about it from different people and I kind yeah, of yeah. got, you know, bits of the puzzle in my head, but I haven't yeah. got the full picture. And, uh, it's yeah. a period of time that I just really, really enjoy hearing about.
2: Yeah yeah that's a that is a real interesting one because sort of it goes against everything that t s r wanted right like mm. t s r wanted mm. to keep control of d and d and not mm. not didn't want other people doing stuff for it and and then Ryan Dancy sort of took over with his you know wild idea that started in marketing and yeah um, and yeah it was it was sort of the west coast people who have been outside of TSR thought, like, this is really cool. Mm. And the the TSR people who've been sort of doing things the TSR way for a long time didn't think it was cool. And some of them never, like, even after its amazing success and whatever, still didn't think it was a good idea. So, yeah. um, yeah. It just
1: kind of seems obvious to me because, you know, a supported game is a successful game. The more, yeah. the more the more stuff there is to support your game, the more people are going to play your game, and it has a sort of uh, sort of feedback loop going, going on. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, Wizards yeah. of the Coast or any company can't make all of the stuff. Yeah, and there's some sort of stuff that isn't that profitable for them to make. Whereas for a much smaller company, it is profitable to make a 32 page adventure. Whereas yeah. for Wizards of the Coast, possibly it's not.
2: Well, and that was the big problem was they were still making these products that were not even profitable like mm. they're making these products mm. that didn't break even but they felt like they had to wow. support the lines and I don't know it was it was mm. it was really weird I think the there mm. was a big split uh at TSR between the design people and the business people mm. right so the game was being run by someone who was not a role player and maybe didn't like role playing games that much and uh yeah uh, and the um and then the design people, they, you know, they love doing these cool settings like Dark Sun and Planescape, but they yeah. didn't have a lot of insight into what was going on. On the business in, side. As, as, on, on the business side. Yeah. And so, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it was, uh, it did take a ch- sort of a change in perspective to to understand how valuable it is to have other people supporting your main game with their own support mm. products, right? Yeah. And the the idea was, wizards wanted to keep doing these thirty two page adventures, which are really hard to make money on, or whatever. And now, of course, they finally have learned that lesson, and they don't.
1: Yeah, and then right? I yeah. 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 got too for it. Yeah,
2: yeah, and, <laughs> and 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 maybe it was silly to have both the. Oh, Game license and be trying to do these 32 page adventures. Mm. Mm. And, and, you know, the old fashioned answer is, well, we won't have an open game license and then we can do these 32 page adventures. Yeah. And the mm. newfangled ex- thing is, we'll let somebody else do the 32 page adventures and yeah. we'll have an open gaming license and that's what fifth edition is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of like
3: talking a bit about the past. Um, obviously, there's a lot of modern trends in gaming. Yep. What do you think is the most exciting for you personally?
2: So, yeah, that's an interesting. So, I have just been really excited by the whole revolution in indie role playing games. Like, I remember when, mm-hmm. you know, Vincent Baker's take on role playing kind of shocked me mm-hmm. because it was, you know, this is heretical. This is not the way role playing games have been mm-hmm. thought about before or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now I'm a believer, but it was. Um,
0: uh, big changes. Uh,
2: yeah. And so it's, it's it, like, I, boy, I learned a lot from playing Apocalypse World, for example. And mm. so uh, I, I'm i really thrilled that there is such a variety of um, sort of play styles and uh, sort of artistic takes on, um, uh, you know, h- how you can do a, a role playing game. Mm. That's, mm. That's, and that, that's not a new trend, like that's been going on for 20 years now or whatever. But I, I, I yeah, I think it's great.
1: Yeah. And with Kickstarter that's at the moment it. as well, it's just uh, yeah. mm. so easy for, you know, the barriers of entry uh, to that's sort of lowering right. all mm. the time. So you're getting that's a much right. bigger pool of people contributing yep. yep. a much wider kind of array that's of right. ideas. And yeah, publishing on PDF lowers the
2: barrier yeah. of entry, print on demand lowers the barrier of entry. Yeah.
1: Hmm. I, just,
3: I mean, you've got Wendy's bringing out yeah. the role playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. would... If someone had said that to me back in, I don't know, 2000, I'd have, been, I'd have, <laughs> I'd have yeah. lost my money in the bet I would have insisted of yeah. laying upon mm. them. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. trying <laughs> to remember who it was who said it. It was, maybe my own or maybe Mike Miles. I, I can't remember. But someone was saying that uh, there have been a number of developments, each of which has greatly dropped the barrier of entry into publishing role-playing games. So the first one was yeah. desktop publishing. Before that, yeah. with like manual type So Ars Magica like was desktop published, and yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, then, of course, you have electronic PDF publishing, yep. which uh, lowered the barrier of entry. The OGL itself, yep. and then all the sort of uh, similar licenses that other yep. people have made, or DMs, guilds, and all that sort of yep. stuff. And then finally, Kickstarter is the other big. Yes. So they're the four big, massive strides, that each of which has lowered the barrier. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. exciting. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. Very. Yeah. And just looking at some of the Kickstarters that we were just uh, talking about earlier today during right. the Kickstarter game, like that game all about snot and vomit and stuff. And, right. You know, that wouldn't have happened in the 80s, would it? That's right. I mean, maybe that's okay. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, No, it's... Yeah, it's half past four now and we really do have to make a move. And Peter has to yes. get to work and uh, I have to go and rescue my wife, so... <laughs>
3: <laughs> all wait right. we've been waiting, yeah, this been been waiting been, patiently
2: that um, has been amazing yeah i'd be happy to come back and talk about uh third edition sometime that's sounds i would, like, I oh.
1: would love to, i would love to do that i really would um so sure. we'll, i'll drop you an email and we'll, we'll set up a date for that and uh that sounds yeah that sounds great yeah yeah peter yeah you were saying uh bumper Rumpa, yes so um could we ask you to do a bumper for us so what that is, yeah, you just which say, is- hi, my name is Jonathan Tweet, um, I'm the lead designer of D&D 3rd edition, co-creator of Ars oh. Magica, and 13 13- whatever you want to say about yourself. Yeah. 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 You want to say about- and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk, which... Peter has just Morris's put this unofficial tabletop RPG talk. Are you able to see yeah, the chat? See I'm not sure what yeah, device yeah, yeah, you why I
3: yeah. Yep. I put I put it in the chat because yeah. <laughs> we we yeah. took a long time to learn the name for this podcast, I got to say. And we're on it. <laughs> All right.
2: Okay. Uh, well, just one. All right. Okay. Hi, I'm Jonathan Tweet. I was the lead designer on 3rd Edition. I was the co-designer on games like Ars Magica and 13th Age, and now my game Everway is out again. And you are listening to Morris's Unofficial Table Talk. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 almost right, one take, almost one take. Uh, here we, here uh, we go. So close, so close. T- take two. You leave,
2: you got this. Hi, this is Jonathan Tweet. I was the lead designer on 3rd Edition. I've worked on a bunch of other games like Ars Magica and Everway and Over the Edge. And you are listening to Morris's Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk.
1: Excellent. Perfect. Bravo. The thing that most people stumble on on this, actually, is their own name. I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, I think we actually funny. had one person actually blank on their own name. So.
2: Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well the pressure's on, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, so it's like those quiz shows that people can't get the really, really easy answers. Yes. It's really easy when you're sitting on your couch shouting oh. on the T V. But I bet yeah. when you're there in the studio with the lights on you and an audience. Uh, I bet. Oh yeah, I know yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Toronto. I really, really enjoyed that chat.
2: Oh, Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I, and the first half is fun, and it's a fun game, and yeah, it's all good.
1: Yeah, and yeah, yeah I'd love to have you back. It'd be fantastic. Mm. And yeah. It's yeah. a pleasure yeah. to actually talk to you, and then right. like, That's 20 right. That's years right. I've known basically who you are, <laughs> That's and right. That's occasionally right. sort of like yeah. interacted with you online, but not actually yeah. not actually spoken to you.
2: It is nice. It yeah. really is something. Yeah so let's do this again yeah i'm up for, for sure, it for sure all
1: right then okay. should we get all out here right. okay, then
0: well that's all for this week i'd like to once again thank our amazing backers here on patreon.com slash morris you make what we do possible until next week